Today on Bible Conversations, we're going to be talking about God is forgiving. All right, we're excited to get going with another week of content for y'all. This has been so amazing and just a little plug right as we get started here. Next week, May 14th, that Friday, we're going to post our episode that marks one year of Bible conversations. And that's kind of awesome. <laughs> I mean, not to like toot our own horn or anything, but... But toot, toot, that's awesome. It, it, to, to me, it's just like, wow, it doesn't feel like we've been doing it that long. And and I think the cool thing about that is it doesn't feel like a burden. It's like, no. oh, wow, it's it's already been a year. It's yeah. like, that's, that's really cool. It, it's not something that's like, ah, oh, we got to go record a podcast. It, it's just... <laughs> Chris and I are having these conversations anyways, might as well record them and and encourage other folks to have conversations as well. Well, and at at the very beginning of every episode, I think, almost without fail, it's we're excited, Mm -hmm. right, to bring you a new episode. And that, I mean, that's... that's, We should put that on a t-shirt. We're excited. Yeah, we should, right? Like, (laughs) but that's the reality, right? We don't, we don't dread these. We don't think that it, like you said, like, we don't think it's a burden, right? We don't get to the office and, and think, oh, Today's podcast man, day. I've got to record a podcast. Like it's, dude, we get to record a podcast today. Yeah. Let's do it, right? Like yeah. it's it's exciting for us. It's spiritually uplifting for us. It's And we hope it is for you as well. Exactly. We hope it is. And that's the point, right, is, is we started this podcast so that it would be spiritually uplifting for more people than just us. We yeah. didn't want to keep what we had. Right? How can we not but speak of the things we have seen and heard, right? We... We couldn't keep to ourselves. I've got a fire shut up in my bones. Yeah. It just reminds me of the song. I almost started singing it, right? Couldn't keep it to my... Anyway. Um, so so anyway, we're, we are excited about this. And yep. uh, anyway, as, as Dylan mentioned just a second ago, right, we are talking today about how Jesus is forgiving. So yeah. so real quick before I do that, mark your calendars, May 14th. Yeah, we're going to be posting our one-year episode. Check, check. So now we're talking about God is forgiving. Yep. I've really been enjoying this God is series. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's been really fun to to study and to really dig out these these characteristics of of God and today we're talking about God is forgiving. The place I want to start though um is in the gospel accounts with yeah. something that that Jesus commanded all of his followers. Yeah. Um it's the parable of the unforgiving servant. Um recorded in Matthew chapter 18. However, I want to back up just a little bit before the parable starts so we can read a little bit of context. This Before Jesus goes into this parable of the unforgiving servant, he tells his disciples, he says in verse 15, if a brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. And Jesus goes through the process of, of how to reconcile a relationship. If, if yeah. he doesn't listen with one or two brothers, then you bring it before the church. And if he doesn't listen uh, when it's brought before the church, then consider him as a Gentile and a tax collector. Je- Jesus is giving the process of, of reconciling with brothers, of, of forgiving um, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And that's when Peter is then... Uh, thinks of, of the question in verse 21 that leads to the parable of the unforgiving servant. Peter asks in verse 21, um, he says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Peter's Peter's like, what if this happens over and over? If a brother keeps wronging me and then I have to go to him and, and tell him his wrong and, and forgive him? 
Um, how many times should Seven I keep doing whole times? that? Like, 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 that'd be ridiculous to have to keep forgiving somebody. And Jesus replies in verse 22, um, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. In other words, just take whatever numbers in your head and multiply it to where you can't even imagine doing it that many times. Yeah. And it's, that's what Jesus is saying before he goes into the parable of the unforgiving servant. And, and there he goes to to tell this amazing parable about this king who had loaned out money to an individual, um, millions and millions and millions of dollars worth, if you put it in, in American terms. And this man went to the king and said and, and asked for forgiveness to, to forgive that loan because he simply could not pay it back with a lifetime of work. Yeah. And the king forgave him. Yeah. But then that, that same man turned right around to a brother who owed him $5, <laughs> again, to put it in American terms. Yeah. And that brother could not pay him back the $5, and so he choked him. And the king is is like – and this is all paraphrased of this parable and uh, just doing that so we can get – not have to read every single uh, word. But, but the king turns around to that man who was forgiven the great amount and did not forgive the small amount, and, and he – told him you're wicked and, and threw him into prison. Yeah. And the example that Christ gives is, is the forgiveness that we get from God, that he has forgiven us more than we could even imagine. It's, it's the song that we sing. He paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt. I could not pay. Yeah. So yeah, this, I, that, that's where I like to start the conversation about forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, this, this parable is so powerful. So, in, in my, my study Bible, uh, the, the 10,000 talents that, that is owed by the, the servant here is, is the equivalent of 200,000 years worth of wages. Hmm. 200,000 years of wages. And the other servant who owed the 6,000 drachmas is the equivalent of about 20 years wage, right? So 20 years worth of wages is not a, you know, not a small amount, but when you compare it to 200,000 years, that's a factor of 10,000, right? This guy owed the king 10,000 times more than what he was owed. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how you look at that, like you said, that's like five bucks, right? Yeah. Like comparatively, nothing. And so just the the idea of how we are to forgive and we're to, be, we're to forgive fully. Right, it's not just a partial forgiveness. It's not just you know, a one time, just a one time thing, and then you you go off and and you know they do something wrong again, and you you hate them and you choose not to associate. And it's no, it's you forgive them as often as they will repent. Because to to put it in that same perspective, think about the the amount of things that you've messed up in in this life. Think about the amount of times one individual has wronged you specifically. Yeah. Now, which one of those is greater? Your personal mistakes and sins versus one person wronging you specifically. Those don't even compare. And so your wrongs towards God versus another person's wrongs towards you, those those don't even compare. And yet God is is willing and in, in going to forgive anyone. Well, and that, that reminds me there of Psalm 51. So I've been going over this a little bit with uh, some of the teens that I, that I work with. And in Psalm, excuse me, Psalm 51.4, the, the psalmist here, uh, so this is a psalm of David, right? It says, against you, you only, have I sinned, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless 
in your judgment. When we sin, right, there are times, yes, where we will sin against other people. We will do things against others, but we always sin against Mm -hmm. God. And the reality is, is we're going to get to here a little bit later, right, that God has forgiven us of all of those sins when we choose to accept that forgiveness. Again, we'll talk about how all that happens. But what I want to do real quick is, you know, we've been talking in this God is series about how God is love. God is eternity. God is faithful. Right? God is, and, and and we think of that in terms of God the Father. But today we're really talking about Jesus. Right? We're talking about the Christ. And the reason for that is because it was God that sent Jesus, and it was Jesus doing the will of God. And so anytime Jesus does anything, right, as a part of the Godhead, as a part of the, the the Trinity, right? Whatever phrase you want to put there, right? As a part of the three, he is doing it in God's will, in the Father's will. And that's important to understand. Because his will is the Father's will. His will is the Father's will, right? And 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 I think that's very important to understand as we talk about God is whenever we are talking about Jesus being forgiving or Jesus forgiving others or uh the, the parables that he has, we're also talking this this is this is God the Father doing this, right? Like this is not this is not some random guy uh, as an envoy, a messenger of somebody else. This is this is the messenger. This is mm-hmm. the Lord who is doing this. So um, you have something else? or Well, to, to, to just back up that point that you're making, I'd like to direct people's attention to Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of that chapter, um, uh, Paul is giving commands for um, – how we should be living, how we should be walking as Christians. And he says in verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So it's not just, you know, it shows to, and it, it recounts the authority that Christ forgave sins with um, when he was on earth. It's one of the reasons that people listen to him. This man speaks with authority. It's yeah. one of the reasons that, that, so many people were drawn to him because of his authority. Yeah. And um, and I just think Ephesians does a good job. Paul does a good job in the book of Ephesians of, of recounting that, reminding the church in Ephesus and reminding us today that that authority is, yeah. is from the Father. Well, and like when we get up to preach, right, we – we talk about how Jesus said this or Paul said this about Jesus. And, and we, we don't get up and preach and authoritatively state on our own that people need to change. We authoritatively state because of Christ. Yeah. It's not I say. Yes. The Bible Christ says. says. Right. The Bible <laughs> says. Right. Like that's – but Jesus was not saying necessarily that the scripture said. He did reference that, but – so it's an I say to you. Yeah. Throughout the Sermon on right? the Mount, you've heard it said, but I say. Yeah. I'm changing your rules. Yeah. Preachers today – if they do that, they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Preachers today shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, they should say, listen, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? And so you, you, when, when you think about that, Jesus had all of this authority, and, and we're going to get to the, the importance of that authority here in a second because it was challenged. It was challenged in the first century just as, as Dylan said, right? If a preacher does that today, he's wrong, right? Well, people thought that about Jesus. Mm-hmm. They were wrong. Because right? they didn't Jesus understand right. who he was. They yeah. didn't understand, but... But Jesus has the authority. If, if if you would, go ahead and flip over to Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to start really in verse 2. And uh, I'm going to read through some of it real quickly. 
um, get my, my fast reading voice on here. <laughs> and behold, some people brought him to a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their hearts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. Jesus here is talking with a paralytic, a man who... Uh, Can you read verse 8 real quick for everyone? Because I think that's really important. Yeah, I can. Yeah. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Thank you for that. Um, So here Jesus is talking to a man who is paralyzed, right? We we assume he has been paralyzed since his youth, since his birth. We're, We're not told that in this particular one, but... But he's saying to the paralytic, hey, your sins are forgiven, right? Like, don't worry about your spiritual self right now. Your sins are forgiven. You need to continue serving God and loving God and doing the things that you are commanded to do. But as for what you have done in the past, it is forgiven. Mm-hmm. And the scribes and the Pharisees, right, these these learned men, these men who have spent their their, their entire lives studying the scriptures, yeah. probably know them front to back, up and down, left, right, like all around. They know their scriptures and they're thinking they didn't say out loud. Nothing they said was thinking to themselves. This man is blaspheming. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, right? That's like, who knows other people's thoughts, right? Like that's Jesus. Jesus, right? That's, that is it, right? If someone else says they know your thoughts, they don't. They might be able to guess once or twice. They do not know your thoughts. Yeah. So anyway, we go on and, and Jesus so, tells them, Tells them, your sins are forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the Pharisees, the scribes, are, how is this possible? And he says, listen, just so that you know that I do have the authority to do this, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell this man to do something that's not possible. Yeah. He's been paralyzed for his entire life, right? He's been paralyzed for a number of years. He's been, he's paralyzed. But I'm going to tell him to rise up, take up his bed and walk, and he's going to do that. Jesus does. The man gets up and walks. And then verse eight, which you had me read, right? Mm-hmm. They were afraid. Well, there's a whole lot of power that comes and with that. And they glorified God. And they glorified God. And the important part that's mentioned not only in verse 8, but also in verse 6, is that the Son of Man, that Jesus Christ, has the authority mm-hmm. to forgive sins and to perform miracles and to do God's will. So th- th- today we're, we're talking about God is forgiving, but the reason that we go to the parable of the unforgiving servant, the reason that we go to Jesus healing the paralytic here in Matthew 9 is because the the forgiveness of God that is displayed through Christ. Yes. The authority is given to Christ to forgive sins, but not only that, the the forgiveness of of God is displayed through the fact that he sent Christ to die for us, to to give up his life so that we have hope of eternity. That obviously is is love being displayed there, but it's also the forgiveness of God. Yeah. It's John 3:16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God, in other words, whoever believes in him will be forgiven. Yeah, I mean, for God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through mm-hmm. him, right? So <clears throat> love, as, love is the one that we always see there. Yes. But it's forgiveness too. Forgiveness is a part of that. Forgiveness yeah. is a part of love, right? And yeah. you know, we don't we don't forgive people that we hate, right? We forgive people that we love. And we should love everybody, right? Yeah. As as the, the the parable of the Good Samaritan tells us, right? But but God sent Jesus so that we could be forgiven, 
right? It was the love that God had for us that allowed Jesus to come on this earth. It was the love that Jesus had for us that allowed him to endure what he did so that we could be forgiven. Absolutely. And the understanding of so that we could be forgiven, um, I want to take folks to to Acts chapter 2. Yeah, um, let's do it. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, Christ is risen from the grave. He's ascended back to heaven. Um, and on the day of Pentecost, Peter is preaching to this massive crowd. And he's telling them about Jesus. He's telling them that that guy that y'all crucified, he was the son of God. And here's how I prove it. Yeah, David, great David. You can go see his tomb. His skeleton's still there. But Jesus Christ, he's better. Yeah. He's the son of God because his tomb is empty. And and, and and so y'all, this is the Texan version, y'all killed the son of God. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so the, naturally the response is that, to that is in verse 37. Yeah. Everyone listening to Peter is cut to the heart and they... They they ask, well, what are we going to do? Well, brothers, what shall we do? Yeah. They realized, oh, man, that was the son of God. Yeah. We messed up. Well, and before we get into how we receive forgiveness today, yeah, there are a lot of questions sometimes, I think, about the really the crucifixion of Christ and then mm-hmm. the you know he had two other people with him yeah. beside him. Yeah. One of those, you know, being a thief, we call him the thief on the cross, right? And uh, verse 39 of Luke chapter 23. I'll, I'll go here just for a little bit, and then we're yeah. gonna we're gonna go back to that because I I think that this segue is important to really to have conversation with people who don't understand this. Yeah, because a lot of times we have we have this question, right? And so one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, "Are you not the Christ? Save us, save yourself and us." The other rebuked him, "Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong." And he said, "Jesus." Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Jesus, saying to this thief, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, how do people get to heaven, right? Like that's a, that's an important question. Well, we get to heaven by being right with God, by being one in Christ, by being forgiven of our sins, by so many different, one avenue, right? One way, mm-hmm. but so many different ways of saying it. And this man he wasn't baptized into Christ, right? Whereas we're about to see, right? That's that's how we do it today, and we're gonna we're gonna get there, and that's it's a huge part of this. But again, Jesus had the authority, yeah, to do that with anybody. Just as as Christ talked to the paralytic today, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, um, to the thief on the cross, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, um, because Jesus had that authority, yeah, to forgive sins. Well, and this man on the cross also, right? As as we as we're gonna get to. And I, I, with regard to to baptism, right? This man could not have been baptized into Christ's death because at this point in time, Christ had not died. <laughs> it's not possible to be in something that has not happened, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, so anyway, Jesus has the authority, and he had the authority not only from the when when the time that he was born, right, but all the way up until until his death, right? Because right after this, Jesus dies. And and this is where we get into the people in Acts 
and, yeah. and their response. Yeah, so Jesus dies. He raises from the, the dead, ascends back into heaven. Peter gives this amazing sermon on Pentecost and, and closes it in verse 36. He says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for, cer- therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. And they know Christ. That means Messiah, Savior. And that's when they're cut to the heart. And they say, oh, man, what are we going to do? We realize we messed up. We know we need forgiveness. So when they say, brothers, what shall we do? Brothers, how do we receive forgiveness? How are we going to be forgiven for this? How, How do we erase this off of our record. Well, and I imagine right there in that the end of 36, whom you crucified, right? Like I imagine Peter, I don't know if he was pointing at them, but I imagine with his words, he was, you crucified, yeah, right? absolutely. And that's why they were cut to the heart. And, and so Peter replied to them and he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, this is a really important point because <laughs> much so. there's a lot of preachers that will say, and there's a lot of people who come to um, believe and think they understand that the word that is supposed to be written there is because of the forgiveness of your sins. But I want to tell you all right now, that's not accurate. You can look at the Greek. We can do a little Greek study. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. I'd like to study this with you. I've done a lot of study on this. Um, But Peter's telling people, you're baptized so that your sins will be forgiven. Yep. You are not baptized as a confirmation of 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 sins that already were forgiven. That's not right. Yeah. You are baptized so that your sins will be forgiven, which leaves us with the conclusion that if you do not make that decision to be buried in the waters of baptism, to be washed clean, and to rise to a new life, then there is not forgiveness of sins. Yeah. So I want to echo what I just said. If y'all have any questions, if there's other things that you've heard contrary to that, please reach out to me. Yeah. Um, please, please contact us and, and we'd love to study with you further. Um, but that's what Peter tells them. They say, how are we going to be forgiven? And Peter says, number one, repent, turn around, stop doing the sin that you're doing, specifically um, stop denying that Jesus is the Christ, mm-hmm. but then be baptized, be washed clean, rise to a new life yeah. and live for God. And it's baptized in the name of Jesus, right? So, yeah. so there is one, in order for them to have a desire to repent or desire to change, they have to believe, right? That mm-hmm. Jesus is the Christ, right? So there's belief is implied within this text. Yep. On top of that, right, there is repentance. It is specifically and explicitly stated, we need to repent, right? And that's a 180-degree turn. It's a change of lifestyle. It's not a, oh, I'm sorry, and then you go back and do it again, yep. right? And then there's the confession that comes with that. Well, if you're not doing it in the name of Christ, you're just taking a bath, right? Yeah. Like that's all you're doing. You're confessing. Well, well, and that's the thing. Sometimes you are there, – there are some folks that even do it in the name of something else. Uh, yeah. There's many, many – churches out there, not not the church, but there's many churches who will baptize somebody so they can be a member of that congregation. Yep. And that that's that's not right. You, no. you, the the purpose of this is to be baptized in the name of Christ so that your sins will be forgiven. Yeah. Well and and and, and 
I believe it's verse 48. I'm, I'm over a little in, a, in a different chapter, but it says that 3,000 souls were added to the Lord's church, right? So it's not... For, verse 41. Verse 41. I'm sorry. I was, I was a couple off. But it, it's, it's, not, it's not that you're added to a denomination. You're added to the Lord's church. The church that belongs to Jesus. Yeah. 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 And to be honest, I mean, I feel like we can be honest as... Uh, with all of our listeners here, when you when I drive through town and I see a church that like a with the name Saint Peter on it or Saint Barnabas, it just makes me do a a little double take because I'm like, people are clearly stating this church is like the church of whatever of Saint Peter of Saint Peter, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that he specifically said. Or that Paul specifically said that you're not of Paul, you're not of Apollos, you're not of Peter, you are of Christ. So, I don't know. I want to just tell everyone, if there is anything like that out there, that should be just an indication that, hey, that might not be the the church. That that church is saying they don't belong to Christ. Um, They may say it, but by their actions of the name that they call themselves, they're not stating publicly they belong to Christ. Yeah. Um anyways, there's a whole lot of discussion that can go into this. I feel like we've touched on every point we need to at least. Yeah. Um so I want to echo if y'all have any questions, send us an email, message us on Facebook. If y'all want to talk about this further, please, please, please. Yeah. Um don't just sit on it and and say, "No, nah, these these guys may not know what they're talking about." Um let, let's talk. Let's come to a, a conclusion. Let's do some study. Yeah. I, I, I want to finish up with just a little bit. Um, you know, we know that Jesus died for our sins, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's something that I think, regardless of denomination, is, is understood. Yes. Jesus died for our sins. And as we just have read in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, right, we are to be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins, Right, which shows that baptism is, you know, what saves us, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, at least it's in part, the, it is the it acceptance is, of the acceptance God's of God's gift. gift, right? It is, it's the grace that God has given. That that baptism is simply us as us stating, right? Mm-hmm. We accept. Well, in First Peter chapter three, this is probably one of my favorite favorite verses about baptism. We'll start in verse nineteen. Uh, we're just starting verse eighteen. Uh, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous him for the unrighteous us, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey. When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not is a removal of dirt from the body, but is an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. It, uh, the There's a, a lot of important parts here, but the thing yeah. that just sticks out to me as a reminder of the purpose of this is it's an appeal to God for a good conscience. and mm-hmm. And we know that in Hebrews, God does not lie. God does not change. We have that as an assurance that goes and is, is locked in like an anchor, yep. um, an anchor for the soul. So when God says, 
uh, when, when God makes a promise and God says, I'm going to do this, he's going to do this. Yep. We've seen that all throughout the history, all throughout scripture. And so now he says, when you appeal to God, when, yeah. when you're baptized, God is already stretched out his hand. And when you decide to turn from your ways to confess that Christ is Lord and to be baptized and to rise to that new life, that is you reaching back to God's hand, grabbing hold of it. Yeah. And, and, when, and, and, and just like in, that. just like in Acts 238, right? The people asked, what do we need to do? Yeah. Right. There is something that we are required to do in order to receive the forgiveness of our sins. Yeah. And that is to be baptized. And God has graciously, right? John 3.16, right? Sent Jesus, his only son, for us. Mm -hmm. Because he loved the world. All we have to do is accept that gift. Now, I want to go back to one more thing. We're talking about God is forgiving. Mm -hmm. People will say, if God is forgiving and he says, forgive 70 times seven and an unheard of amount, mm -hmm. then why, when Jesus comes back, will he forgive some and not forgive others? And that's just kind of what we're talking about here at the end. God's forgiveness is open to everyone, but some people, many people will turn him down. Yeah. We'll say, that's okay. I don't need your forgiveness because I, I don't think I need it, which... It's a scary thought. Uh, it is scary. And um, that's the, to the folks that are like trying to deny who God is. Yeah. It's not God that's removing his hand and saying, I'm not going to forgive you anymore. You messed up too many times. Yeah. God's hand is always extended. It's just a matter of whether or not we're going to Except grab a hold of it, whether or not we're going to appeal to God for a good conscience. Yeah. So... You know, the, the end all be all here is, and we have been forgiven so much. God is, God has a clean slate waiting for every single individual mm -hmm. that has ever lived. But it is up to us to, to, to theoretically bury that old slate, bury the, the slate of our life that is dirty and, and, and messy and nasty and, and to pick up that new slate and to walk in a newness of life. That's up to us. God is prepared everything for us already. Mm -hmm. He's he's waiting for us. He wants us, right? He doesn't want anybody to not come to repentance. Mm -hmm. But it is up to us. And God has God has forgiven so much. He he has forgiven so much. And I think Romans chapter six, if if you have time to read it, is a, a wonderful, wonderful chapter to read with regards to how we need to act once once we have received that forgiveness. And I hope that um, I hope that you've been encouraged through through this, and I hope that uh, if you know if you if you disagree with us, if you have some thoughts or questions, that you will reach out to us, or you, anything to clarify, even or anything to clarify. Yeah, that that you will reach out to us. We are we're more than happy to to talk about this. As you can tell, we we enjoy talking about this because this is really, in a lot of senses, the foundation of our faith. Yeah, well, if, we enjoy talking about everything yeah. in regards to the Bible. But uh, <laughs> but if, if we didn't have a forgiveness of sins, to be quite blunt, I don't think we'd be here. Yeah. We wouldn't be proclaiming the Christ if we— Well, there'd be no hope at yeah. that point. Exactly. So so this is this is paramount and foundational to our faith. And uh, we we hope that you have enjoyed this. And um, Dylan, I, that's that's all I've got. So I'm going to let you, uh, all right. let you close it up. Well, yeah. Thanks for— having this conversation with me, Chris. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. 
Um, like I said, next week is our one year anniversary, which is still so crazy to say. So exciting. Um, y'all mark your calendars, plan to tune in Friday morning, May 14th. We'll post the episode at like 6am or something for those folks that get up early. Um, and, and yeah, celebrate that one year with us. In the meantime, if y'all have any questions, um, Please do not hesitate to reach out. Um, Our contact information is about to be played, so listen to that and reach out to us. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.